0: the show goes on, morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they remember when
1: And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Always Pressing. PGA DFS podcast previewing the 2018 RSM Classic. uh I am one of your hosts, Bubba. You can find me on Twitter at BD and joined by my other co host, as always. Find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man?
0: I'm doing all right, dude. It was a depressing week for me in sports. So, looking for a pickup here somewhere. I'm supposed to, you know, I'm a Kentucky fan, and uh, it's not a good week to be a Kentucky fan.
1: No, um, I'm not. I wasn't gonna bring up the thing that was called Zion Williamson and uh, company, but you, you started with that, but I'll leave it at that because that uh, was wow. Um, yeah. but yeah, when it comes to the PGA Tour, the OHL Classics in the books, um, Cooch, I am so pumped on this. I, I tweeted it out earlier this morning. I said for those that have listened to the, the AP Pod pretty much from the beginning, knows how pro Cooch we are on this show and. We mentioned often how he doesn't get respected because, you know, he's not the big flashy guy, but he always contends. First W since I think, what, 14? 14,
0: correct, yeah. yeah. Fourth, yeah.
1: Him and even Libby Westwood, like you talked about. So any thoughts on Cooch? Because I got worried on Sunday when he was only like 200, and Danny Lee and company were right on his heels.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he played well enough the first three days where he didn't really – he could kind of coast in. That's what he did on Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, uh, first win since 2014 for Coocher um same weekend Lee Westwood wins one over in Europe uh Vijay Singh won the the Champions Tour event and Bernard Longer won their their version of the FedEx Cup um so it was a good week for old guys uh Cooch didn't have a very good year last year um the year before he was almost a guaranteed top 10 every time every time he played um so I know a lot of people had Kind of gotten off the bandwagon there, but uh, I'm glad to see him get a win, man. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's one of those, you know, th- he's th- there's a Twitter handle out there called at good guy or something along those lines. Uh, and it makes total sense. He's just like, it just seems like a really good guy. Obviously, I don't know him personally, but he just seems like a, a really down to earth cat. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him.
1: Yeah, whenever we someday, you know, become big enough to interview PGA Tour golfers, you know, in the year 2020 or something, 2021, um, yeah. Cooch, is a, Cooch is a guy I love to just sit down with because you hear the stories that, you know, you watch him play. He's got the sweater on. It looks like the old guy, the good guy. He wears Skechers for crying out loud, but he's the guy that sits there also like mumbling f-bombs and like sarcastic asshole comments to people and he's he's that little quiet ant- antagonizer basically did, that uh, i'd love to play golf and just talk with that guy
0: did you see where uh zach johnson's caddy uh like pulled out mid-round and his and Kucher's wife picked up the bag and and carried it for Kuchar, or c- carried it for zach the rest of the, that round No, i did see not that? see that not that was on impressive. thursday yeah it was on thursday um and she is hot Oh, well, we, we, if people only knew what we
1: talked about before the podcast. Uh, there's uh, some 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 hotness going around the PGA Tour yeah, right I mean, now. Uh, there's
0: a lot of a lot of wives on tour that are good looking, and you know, I mean, Kuchar's in his 40s, isn't he? He's so, doing well. He's yeah, doing well. She's really, really, really good looking.
1: Um, you mentioned ZJ's um, losing his guy in the back. Did you see Kuchar when he went there? He hired a local uh caddy from the course and won the tournament with this guy you know much that guy's life probably changed just from winning the caddy money from this week
0: yeah i I I heard that as well that he didn't go down there with a the caddy so he hired somebody when he got down there so yeah another awesome story there as far as that goes and yeah i don't know what happened with this other caddy but i might yeah, consider keeping that guy on
1: yeah i didn't know what the deal was i don't know if it was you know going to mexico maybe he didn't have his passport who knows what was going on but um I didn't read any articles on it, but they're definitely out there. But PGA Tour just kind of tweeted out pictures. It was, it was Cooch gets with the guy, and then when they win, the guy he's a small little fella, gives Cooch a big old hug, and then Cooch signs one of the flags. Like he says, like muchos gracias, like says it in Spanish. So and so thanks for the win, Matt Cooch,er signed a flag for him. So it was pretty cool. It's like the probably the highlight of that guy's life. Plus, like well, I said, that that like money he's taking home
0: is yeah, right now. hundred k.
1: But yeah, the peso's worth like 22 pesos for the dollar. So this guy's loaded right now.
0: <laughs> so he's got like 2.2 2 million pesos.
1: Yep, he's rolling. Like like El Chapo's going to become looking for him pretty soon. You <laughs> better watch out. It's freaking wild. But uh, before we go down a rabbit hole, uh, Cam Champ, another great, great week. For people that say he's only a bomber, I think twice. Now, when we get to today's show, um, his price has gone through the roof already and really makes you debate what you're going to do with him. But a lot of good performances. Of course, history, Griot did well. Uh, you saw answer you know he didn't dominate but another solid performance a lot of these young guys are putting back-to-back tournaments together and uh i know it's these kind of middle of the pack fields but i think we have a hell of a year in front of us again jesse yeah
0: yeah i'm pretty excited about it cam played really well i think it was on friday or saturday he shot uh, 10 under friday shot 10 under par um he's just legit legit talent um I think his I I really think his game will translate to a lot of different courses that people don't think they necessarily should because he hits at 360 off the tee. But when you putt, um, when you're if you got a good putting stroke, I mean, it doesn't really matter how far you hit it because it's, it's really what it comes down to with these guys every week is it's a putting contest.
1: Yeah, we talk about that all the time. It's like who who's feeling it, who's not. You know, the one week Rory won last year, he, his putter was like on fire. Otherwise, we say it, we say it time and time again with so many guys. If they can putt, they're going to contend. And, Right. It's it's common and that was one of champs big things last year is his putter was super inconsistent. Um and so far this year it's working well, given we've talked in in these previous podcasts that these, these tournaments greens aren't the most difficult in the world speed wise and everything. So hey, play what you got in front of you, that's all you can do. Right. But um it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on with Cam. Uh you got a guy like Jordan Speeth missing the cut in the field like this, Jesse. How like how concerned should people be? Like is there an injury with Spieth? or is it all between the ears? Like what are we doing with this guy?
0: Uh, it's, it's, it's one of two things. It's either all between the ears or he just literally had the best couple years of putting ever. Um, because it's, it, there's no excuse for him missing the cut down there unless he just completely it in and didn't give a shit and want to go back to the house. Uh, so I, I don't know. I missed the cut too. I know that buried you and me, yeah. uh, and that sucked, but I mean, the cut was, you know, four under par, Which you know? Wild, so yeah, wild. I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty low cut. Uh, Um, so yeah, it's for Speeth. I don't know, man. Moving forward, I I don't know where he's going to be. I will have to take a wait and see approach with him, kind of like Tiger, see if he can do anything this year.
1: Yeah. And and, uh, people that listen to the show would know we pretty much never play Speeth. We've almost made it a rule you can't use him as your bus for the week. It's like, it's kind of known he's in a, a funk. But, uh, you mentioned him real quick. And it's one of the last things I wanted to hit on, unless you have more, is, um, I know he missed the cut again, and he's done that a couple times this year. But when he and he's usually right on the number, or like one shot, one or two shots out, like he's real close. And um, but when he makes the cut, he contends. And I just want to echo to people that the, the demand to play the panda every week, which I think is foolish. I will play M every week and roll that dice over panda, no matter what price difference. I don't care what the price difference is. Um, he can be my panda while you guys keep playing panda and just pray he makes a cut, let alone contend. Because when Sanjay makes a cut, he will contend. So that's yeah. just my difference there for people saying, well, because I'm going to go back to him again on this podcast and tell you when he's at $8,000, he is in play again. And I just want to echo it. That's what. That's the difference between the two to me, if yeah. anybody has any questions. But uh, any final thoughts on this, this uh, OHL Classic? It was It was interesting, to say the least.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's over, so let's move on. <laughs>
1: All right, let's go to the RSM Classic, 156-man field. The first two rounds are on two different courses. Uh, Give us a little past event history here, Jesse.
0: Yeah, like you said, it's uh, two different courses, one seaside, one's plantation. It's uh, down in Georgia, RSM Classic. It's been played every year there since 2010. Last year, Austin Cook was the champion. He uh, beat JJ Spawn by four shots. Uh, He shot 21 under. Uh, the year before that, Mackenzie Hughes out of Canada was a champion, 17 under, over a handful of guys in a playoff. Um, and Kevin Kisner is also a past champion here. Robert Streb, Kirk uh, are really the only other two notables here. This uh, this field is pretty weak this, this year, especially.
1: Yeah, when I went through the field, I was, you know, usually we get a couple big dogs out here, and it's. I think it's the rotation thing we keep talking about. It. There's a reason like the last two tournaments at the Shriners and the SOHL, you got the Speaks, the Fowlers of the world. I think they're they're mixing and matching now because some of those like Kucher played the last couple of years here. He's not in it and so on and so right. forth. So um, something to definitely keep in mind here. You mentioned um, get to the course preview. It's in uh, St. Simon, Georgia, Sea Island Sea Islands Resort. Uh, You're going to hear the term Sea Island Mafia all over the place because there's a lot of pros that live down here, Kisner, ZJ, um, Webb's a Georgia guy. There's a a ton of guys, Sink's a Georgia guy. They either live close by or they have affiliations in the area, basically. Uh, You're going to hear a lot of ACC and SEC terms because there's a lot of SEC tournaments at this course and some ACC ones as well. So there's a lot of intermixing, however you want to look at it. I kind of want to just do who's playing well, but there is a little bit to it if you really want to dig in. and uh, I'm not going to do it this week, though. The two courses you mentioned, the seaside course will be on the weekend and then one of the two days, depending on their drawings, and then the plantation course, the seaside course that you'll see most of is a part 70, 7,005 yards, short course, of course, um, very large greens. If you're in the fairway, roughly 80% of the greens are hitting regulation from the fairway. So um, it's a less than driver course, obviously. The greens are Bermuda with a little bit of. Sometimes they just mix and match different seeds. Literally, that's what the article said. You have to talk to someone that year to see what they put out to mix with it. Otherwise, it's just straight Bermuda. Um, usually about eleven on the stem, so not super fast, not super slow. Pretty simple stuff. It's a very much a scoring course. You see scores get into the twenties, just like last weekend. Uh, the biggest thing was the seaside course because of the name. Think about it, it's on the seaside. They get a lot of win possibilities like we get at that OHL Classic last week, so a lot of crosswinds. That's their biggest uh, problem for the most part. But huge fairways, it's all about short game around the green and putting-wise and then just hitting fairways. You don't have to drive it. Be accurate. Set yourself up. Uh, super short stuff, nothing long. Most far, par fives are very drivable, so lots you can do there. Water comes into play on many of the holes and a lot of good sand traps strategically placed around the green. The plantation course is a par 72. It is about 70, like 7,058 yards, a little bit longer, but it's also a par 72 instead of a par 70. So it's the much easier of the two scoring uh, courses. It averages almost 1.5 shots easier than the seaside course in recent years on average. So it's one of those, you need to watch the weather because like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's supposed to rain. with will chance to shower even on Thursday. So if it's that wet, the course is going to just be like, literally just hit it somewhere. It's not going to roll out, do whatever you want basically. Um, And then Friday has a chance of being windy. So keep an eye on the weather. It might be beneficial to play Seaside guys Thursday, Plantation Friday. It all kind of depends uh, because you want to avoid that wind on the Seaside. And then when when it comes to the weekend, not much you can do there. Other than that, you can probably get way more detail on this if you want. But Seaside is the main course. There's two courses. Very, very easy if you stay and play at this course. Uh, You should be putting up birdies pretty easily, like we've seen almost the whole fall, Jesse. So any key Mm -hmm. stats you're looking at here?
0: uh yeah just greens and regulation um you know a lot of course history here too so I, I check that out uh driving distance plays a little bit of a factor for me um you know again i've talked about the last couple of weeks we don't have any shots gain data from last week we don't have it from the earlier so it's hard to use that shots gain data uh because it's just not it's not there, um, but we I do have stats from the last couple of uh, golf departments where we didn't have shot scan data. We've got some greens regulation stats and that kind of thing. So that's kind of where I, why I look that way versus the other way. And then I do pay a, a quite a bit of attention to course history. Now, we do have Shot Tracker back this week. Yes, thank At you. At least on one players. golf course, Seaside. I don't think they have it on Plantation. Oh, why
1: would they? Why would they yeah. just give us everything? We have to right. wait, for wait for 2019 for that. I mean, why, <laughs> why not?
0: Okay. You know, I mean, PJ Tour has so much money, but anyways – that's why I can't figure any of it out, but maybe it's a – who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Um,
1: but, yeah, I agree. You know, Just accuracy off the tee, the tee to green game, uh, the short game around the green, like I said, uh, greens and reg, and then drafting scoring is going to be huge again this week. We talk about it a lot, and that brings us to sports.com. They're dominating the golf and the football projection landscapes, and you can look at some recent things like – who's coming in good because so you mentioned there's a lot of a, a past event history, which there's a ton of. There's also some pretty good current form now because we've got a, a handful of tournaments in concession, and a lot of these guys in the field have been playing most of these. So in the last three events, your top DraftKings scores, J.J. Spawn leads the way, averaging almost 98 DraftKings points per start. Uh, Cam Champ uh, makes sense. as at second. Ch- Chesson Hadley is third. Our boy Sam Ryder is fourth. He's playing well. You know, Big Friday, got him into the weekend and did his thing. The boy we mentioned a lot because he's been cheap. He definitely got a price bump this week. Is Richie Rowinski, t 3 it last week. Uh, then you got Nick Wadney, Joaquin Neiman, HP3 on another huge week. Jim Furyk dominated last week. He's a short course type guy. This could fit him. And then Brian Gay uh, rounds out the top ten. So a lot of guys that make sense if you've been paying attention to the PGA Tour. Where it gets a little fun, though, Jesse, is in the last six events, Sam Ryder leads the way in king scoring. Uh, J.J. Spawn is second. HV3 is third. Uh, Kez Rebe withdrew so they need to update that. But then Johnson Wagner is fifth. He's cheap this week. Marquise Neiman, sixth. Seth Reeves coming in hot at seventh. Henrik Norlander, who doesn't play a ton on the PGA Tour, but he does very well at this course. He is eight. Bryce Garnett, ninth, and Jim Furyk again, he's 10th. In his last six events, averaging 72 DraftKings points per round. So no one ever owns Furyk. We talk about it all the time with him. Um, and the last thing I want to mention here is last year at this tournament, um, your DraftKings guys, for the most part, you know, Austin Cook led the way, then Brian Gay, the guys that finished towards the top. But we talked about it last week. I thought it was interesting, and it showed when Danny Lee, you know, came in with a lot of birdies last year, didn't finish strong. We saw what he did this year, finishing second. So if you want to talk about average birdies per round uh, last year at the RSM, Cook led the way with a Brian Gay, J.J. Spawn, Vaughn Taylor was tied for second with 21 birdies. Michael Thompson, another guy to keep in mind at 21. You got Brian Harmon, Ben Martin making his return. Chris Kirk, you already mentioned he's a past winner. Bud Colley and then Nicholas Lindheim at 19th. Uh, and most of these guys were not tagged highly at all. Cook had 17 tags leading the way out of these guys. Spawn had 12, Brian Harmon 15, Kirk 11, everybody else in single digits, some not tagged at all. This is another one of those tournaments where you can get crazy and have some fun with it, Jesse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, with all that being said, let's get into the DraftKings portion of the podcast, kicking it off from the 10K and above. Yeah, Webb Simpson at $11,800. I mentioned Cam Champ with a bump. He's up at 10.9. JJ Spawn's at 10.4, and Cheston Hadley's at ten one. Remember, the pricing is going to seem weird because the field strength for one, but also some of these prices a little goofy. What's your thoughts here, Jesse?
0: Yeah, the, so the field is it, it's it's hard to get stomach some of these prices, um, but the field is just it is, it's pretty weak. Uh, so just just looking at Camp Champ, I mean, you know, he started the year at seventy one hundred dollars at the Safeway Open and now he's up to. Second highest price on the board, because um, the dude just makes birdies. Uh, like I said, I think he's probably course proof. I don't think it matters. So, I like him this week. I don't think I'll be the only one, but uh, I do like him the most if anybody else up top. Webb would be my next choice. Cheston Hadley, my third choice. Now, I've already seen a lot of chatter about JJ Spawn. He played well here last year. Um, he's played. We played well last week. Um, so he's got the. He's kind of got the the perfect storm to be to be either super chalky or everybody's going to think he's going to be chalky and lay off of him. Be interested to see on, on, on his ownership there, but at 10,400, I, I can't, it's hard to pay that much for Chesson Hadley. um, Let alone JJ spawn. Uh, so I would, I would stick if I'm open this range with Simpson and, and champ, if it's me.
1: Yeah. Chesson Hadley is one of those guys that he's either like an all or nothing. And that's why it's yeah. tough to pay that much up here. And sure. If it's all, it's great. Cause no one's going to own him. And I, I agree with spawn. I just can't do chalk spawn. I know he's playing great T3, T15, T10 in his last three events. He's coming in in great form, second place here last year. I just can't do it. I'd rather go all the way up to Webb Simpson because in a field like this, he is the class of the field. So he makes oh, sense of 11 and shoulders. Yeah. Like So I can justify paying it in my mind if you really want to because it's just that big of a talent gap in some of this. It's also tough to pay eleven eight 8 because when we talk about talent in a field – you really got to go into the 6Ks. And we'll get to some that I don't mind. You want to stay out of there if you can, I think. Right. Um, I do. So I don't mind Camp Champ either at 10 9 because we work team Camp Champ over here. Um, <laughs> I got no problem with them. You mentioned course proof. We've talked about it time and time again. At the same time, if it fits in the in the builds, I'm cool with it. I don't really want to go into 6K this week. So it's yeah. tough to get there. If I have to pick one, I really want Web actually because I don't think anybody's going to pay 11 8 for Web Simpson.
0: I agree. I, I, I think that's a really good uh way to put it, um balance for me is gonna be the way to go. So I, I probably will avoid this range altogether. But like in GPPs, I don't you know, I don't mind at all putting Web or or Cam on the team and 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 building down from there.
1: And at the same time, like we talked about with the little fan chair piece, you talked about your past event history and if people look at past events for all these guys. There are a handful of guys in the six Ks year after year, especially mm-hmm. at this event, that finish very high. So you can use them. I'm I'm not saying don't. It's just it's much more uncomfortable than it was in weeks past. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So, all right, let's get into the 9K range. You got Lucas Glover up to 9,900, a guy that had to get his card back this year. You got to love it. got to love it. Uh, CT Pan at 97. You got Russell Henley at 95. Austin Cook, the defending champions, only 94. Kind of surprised me a bit. You got Kisner, who everybody's going to love here. He will be the chalk of this field most likely at 93. Luke List at 91, and ZJ coming off a rough week in the OHL at 9,000. What do you like here, Jesse?
0: Yeah, for me, uh, one of my favorite plays really is starting with, with Glover and kind of going down from there. Um, he has 7th, 14th, and 17th in his last three events this year. Didn't play last week. His last event was the Shriners, uh, the Shriners Open there where he finished 7th. So um, I am a fan. His course history is okay. He does have a, you know, a top 10. In six tries and another top fifteen in there, so it's not like I believe off he's the a Georgia charts. boy.
1: I think he's a Georgia boy too. A Georgia yeah, I'm not sh- like that.
0: He that that sounds right. So, but but he's just playing well. Um, so I do like him quite a bit this week. Tt Pan is another guy who I can uh, play as well. He's thirteenth and sixth in his last two appearances here, and just made a bunch of cuts in a row on tour, including a sixteenth uh myacoba. And he's top 20, you know, base or top 30 in his last four starts. So he's playing really well, too. Uh, Kisner, you know, with Kisner, he's not playing very well coming in. Um, But he's like, like, I can't ever get Kisner right. So he's like a J.B. Holmes or Ryan Moore type of guy for me. Like, I just never get him correct. Um, He was playing a lot better. Well, yeah, I mean, he was playing a lot better last year coming into this tournament. He finished third at the Tour Championship, which was his prior start to the RSM in the previous season. This year, he's coming off a miscut at the uh, Mayakoba. Um, So, you know, take that for what it's worth. He did finish fourth here last year. Luke List, I think he's okay. He finished thirteenth here in 2016, uh, but he is coming off a miscut there uh, last week at Mayakoba. So. Interesting to see on him. Zach Johnson, um, another interesting guy who I always get wrong. Uh he's got a bunch of miscuts here. He's coming off a miscut. So I mean he I'd say a lot of people will back off of him, but you know, if ZJ gets his uh gets his putter going and, 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 and can wedge some in there, you know, he he can contend in a place like this. I mean, he, he reminds me of like a Kisner Jim Furyk type of guy who have had some success here, so I'm surprised he hasn't had more success um at this golf course and, you know he's finished eighth last year but like i said a bunch of missed cuts about 50 percent on made cuts here so he's okay but yeah, for he, me for, for sure glover and ct Payne.
1: yeah zj is one of those guys you know they're local guys nine thousand dollars coming off a of ta here last year But he's coming in kind of weird form but he's one of those guys that can play a short course pretty well if it, like you said if his putters there he could put up some low scores we've seen him do that time and time again so i don't hate him at all he let a lot of people down last week because he's usually pretty cash safe for me. And that kind of it surprised me. Uh, but he wasn't even close to making the cut last week. He, right. he, was, he was a wreck. And that surprised me quite a bit. But uh, I, I think that will scare people off. So I think at $9,000 for a, a ZJ at a discounted ownership in a field like this, that's pretty good. I, I don't hate that at all. Um, I am looking at guys like CH3. He's made seven of eight cuts here. Of course, missed his one last year. We had seven previous made cuts in a row with a T13 and a T9 right before that, also coming off a missed cut last week. So 91 makes it very interesting there for uh, CH3. I love C.T. Pan this week. Really, really, really like C.T. Pan this week. His two appearances here at T13 and T6. We talk about greens and regulations and T to green game. One of the top guys on tour these days. He's really swinging the stick good. So C.T. Pan at 97. I like a lot. And then Austin Cook, um, you know, he missed a cut his last time out, but he's, he's a birdie machine as we talked about previously. Again, him and Tony Fina led the PGA Tour in birdies last year. It's a fact I'll bring up a lot this year when it comes to these kind of courses where it's a birdie fest. I, I like him a lot here. You know, you talk about course history. Last year was his first time playing here and he won. he never played here before. So, uh, ninety-four dollars for Austin Cook. I think it's really, really good coming off a cut. I will definitely be looking at him. So Pan and Cook are my top two guys here, maybe looking at Hal and ZJ if I want. But I, I like the idea of starting lineups with Pan and Cook at, up top there for me. All right. In the 8K range, we got the likes of Joaquin Neiman, still kind of staying at that little price point. Uh, HV3, who is just on fire and finally got the price bump. I kept saying last week he was too underpriced. Diddy McCarthy, Sam Ryder got the price bump as well. Chris Kirk, We Kim, Peter Uline, Jim Furyk, eighty two hundred, uh, Love Mark, Brian Harmon, and Sanjay M at eight thousand dollars. This is a area that I like a ton, Jesse. To what do you like here?
0: Yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of this, this region too. Um, I'll definitely go back to Sam Ryder. You know, in his last four events, so he made the cut here in 2017, finished sixty first. But his last four events, he's fifty fourth, third, forty third, fourth. So I'm seeking a trend. I'm seeing a trend there, yeah. I'm hoping <laughs> another top five, which would more than pay off his price at 8,600. So I do like Ryder quite a bit. Uh, I think Varner's very playable, uh, especially at 8,800. Uh, he's only played here one time, but uh, he's just playing really well. Sixth, sixth last week, 15th the week before, uh, missed a cut at the Sanderson and, and 14th at the Safeway. So he's just this fall swing has been good for him, minus that one missed cut at the Sanderson Farm uh, championship there. Neiman, um, I don't know. So I don't know if he's like working on something in his game or, you know, just trying to figure stuff out. Cause he was 60th last week, uh, had two really, really bad, like poor middle rounds. Um, kind of, you know, sandwich those with, with a couple of okay rounds. And then 10th at the Shriners, I, I thought he was figuring it out at the Shriners, but it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, how highly touted he is. Cause if, if he's not, I do like him quite a bit. If he is, you know, I would maybe back away a little bit. Cause I think he's got a little bit of, more miscut uh, potential. Um, So just keep that in mind. And then, yeah, I'm going back to Sanjay. Uh, I'll just just keep hammering him all full swing long here. Mm
1: -hmm. I agree with what you said on Neiman. I think he's a really intriguing player. Uh, Ownership-wise, if he's Mm low-owned, I'll take that chance all day on a guy at that talent level. But the way he's playing – it doesn't feel right playing a Chalky Neiman. It's very really right. odd. So I'm with you there completely. I love HV3 again this week. Uh, I was all over him last week. I, I've been a big fan of what we're seeing from him. Um, and, yeah, he can go off the rails. You know, three starts ago he missed a cut. But um, when he's been playing this false swing well, he plays really, really well and finishes high in these fields. So I like him at, at 88. I love Sam Ryder as well at 86. A couple plays that I will definitely be uh, on this week. An interesting one, if you want to look at, you know, past event history – uh, we can missed a cut last time in the T27. For that, coming in pretty decent form at 8400, he could be intriguing as a low ownership play between Kirk and Uline, who have already been very popular according to fan share. Uh, and then M, 100% agree. We already went over that. It's pretty much going to be a standard almost every podcast. Uh, and then Brian Harmon at 8000 could be very sneaky. T Ford here last year, back to back missed cuts here prior to that, and then he made three straight cuts prior to that. He has two top tens here in his six starts. Coming in, you know, not in the greatest form, but this is kind of what we saw last year when he kind of started right, rounding in the form for the, the, the uh, California swing. um He got the T four here, had the the winner off, and then came out strong in California. I don't mind him at eight thousand dollars as a low own play. He does like this course and he fits these kind of courses very, very well. So I think he could be a low ownership option as well. But my favorite plays here, H V three Sam Ryder, those will be a uh, core plays for me this week when we get to talking. And I think uh, M and harman at eight thousand each can be very, very interesting. All right, let's go to the 7,000 range. Jesse, I'm not going to name them all off because we are back to a, a large field. But a lot of good, talented young golfers in here. Give me some of the guys you're liking.
0: Uh, yeah, obviously, we're back to full field, so there's so many people in the seven dollars and $6,000 $6, range, per the usual from DraftKings. Uh, so starting at the top, Bud Cawley, Um big fan of Bud just to be, you know, anyways, he finished eighth here last year uh, and has made a, a, a really good, impressive comeback this year after um, – you know, getting hurt in the car wreck at the memorial. Uh and and so I will be on him at seventy nine hundred dollars. Werenski is fine, I think it's at seventy eight hundred. Um Stuart Sink again fine at seventy seven hundred you know, Sink's made four straight, yeah, four straight cuts here. Um and three in a row on tour. Uh so seventy seven hundred I can take some Stewie Sink for sure. Michael Thompson's interesting to me. He finished seventeenth here last year, thirteenth the year before um he played the safeway open he finished 17th there uh before that on the at the web tour championship 21st boise open on the web he was 6th. uh so he's taken you know about a month off um i'd say he'll be under the radar and i think he has some kind of sneaky potential there at 7600 so you know i would you know gpp only of course i wouldn't play him on a cash team but you know 7600 are we staying above 75 or are we going just going full 7 Go for it all. All right. Uh, so we'll do a little uh, speed round here. Nate Lashley, um, another guy who I think is interesting, finished 49th here last year, 20th at the Sanderson, 17th at the Safeway Farm, so he's coming in with some pretty good form. Kramer Hickox, another guy who's a web grad, uh, 29th last week. Mike Hulbe, he's never played here, but uh, 7,400, quite uh, quite a good price on him, I think. Um, Andrews Albertson, who, we, uh, who I think we've made some fans out of, um just judging by some chatter in the uh, Slack chat. Yep. Uh, 55th last week. Uh, he made the cut. Uh, he had an okay weekend. Nothing great, but you know, 28th mm-hmm. the week before Sanderson's farm. He was, he was fifth. Um, so 7,300 like him quite a bit. Taylor Gooch is another guy who's interested to me. He finished missed the cut here last year, but uh, played the Sanderson. Um, finished 14th. Uh, you know, made some cuts on the web. Uh, I think he's okay at 7,300. Norlander, you, you mentioned him earlier as a kind of a course history guy. He finished 54th year last year, second the year before, um, been on the web. And, you know, so he'll it, it, be interesting. He's a, he's a punt. You know, if you've got basically 7,000, he should be next to not owned. Uh, so, you know, he's worth a shot or two in some GPPs, but I wouldn't go all in on him. But Norlander's a, another guy who I think is playable. Tip.
1: All right, yeah, no, we we echo a lot of these here. Bud Colley, I think, is a very intriguing play at that price point. Uh, with Richie Rowinski, I've been on him since Sanders in every tournament out here, and uh, we finally got the price bump up to seventy eight. He's been a six K guy for a while, uh, really, really good form. This guy is going to should have a pretty good year. Uh, Stewie Sink, not much else needs to be said. If you're regular on the podcast, seventy seven hundred dollars for Stu Sink in a field like this, yeah, I'm pretty much going to bite on that carrot. All the time. Um, I love the Michael Thompson call. I had him circled down here. A pretty decent course history the last two years. And he's made five or six cuts here in two top tens. So uh, in four top 25s. And he's 7,600 bucks. You mentioned T17 at the Safeway and then finished the web very, very strong. A guy like Ryan Armour. We know he plays these kind of courses really, really well at 75. A guy I like a lot. And I'm worried because of his week last week and might go up. But Brian Gaze only 7,500 bucks. Finished third here last year. He has two top tens into six starts. Made four or six cuts. The reason why Gabe might not be as popular is Keith Mitchell, who everybody loves is 7,500 bucks because it seems like they love him because he can be a first round leader, but they forget there's a four round tournament. So I don't know. Um, It's really interesting. He, he, you know, T54 here last year, he's been making a lot of cuts. I'll give him that much. And he's a really good, you know, birdie maker. It's just a matter of keeping the ball in play enough. So he's interesting at 75. I get it. Um, You mentioned Latchley, I like that a lot. Uh, Hickok, you mentioned him as well, T29, T23 to start the year. On the PGA, he's very intriguing at 74. Uh, Albertsons, and then a couple more down at 71. I think Von Taylor at $7,100. We mentioned how he's been a birdie machine. He had 21 birdies here last year when he finished T8. Uh, He's made four straight cuts coming into this weekend. Perfect type course for Von Taylor at 71. And then the other guy at 71 would be Johnson Wagner. He's coming in, you know, five or seven cuts here at T17 here last year. Coming off back-to-back made cuts with a T35 and a T25, this was a guy that was going to leave the tour to become a real estate agent. Apparently, he's found his new niche on life and loves golf again. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know why you'd leave to go. Get, I don't know. It blows my mind, but that's not me. But uh, seventy-one hundred dollars, you know, he's pretty pretty cheap for the field we're in here, in my opinion. So th- there is value down here at seventy-one if you do pay up top. I don't mind Taylor or Wagner. I prefer again not to go to the sixes, but there are a few we'll talk about here in a minute. All right, 6K, loaded, loaded, loaded. Some that stand out to me, I'll just go through real quick. Um, Joel Dahman's only $1,600. bucks. do not get that. He's a cut machine. Uh, he stood out to me a lot. Uh, Ted Potter Jr., actually, $1,600. Um, he plays the shorter courses very well. I know Pebble and here are exact correlations, but the way he played that some other short courses. He finished T13 here last year, cut off a of 14 his last time out. He's only sixty nine hundred bucks. Um my boy, Jesus Rodriguez, sixty five hundred. He was sixty two last weekend, and he finished very, very strong. Let me pull it up right here. There he is. He finished t fifty five. He fell apart on for, on Sunday, but uh, he's made three straight cuts on tour, sixty five hundred bucks. I don't hate that. A um, couple others, real briefly. Um, Andres Romero is only sixty four hundred. He's two or three cuts made here at the t twenty seven his last time out, and he's made five straight cuts on the PGA tour. So he's a cheapy. Um, if you want to do course history, again, it's throwing names out here. Bird is $6,400. cut last time. He's made five or seven cuts here. And then last but not least, uh, he'll probably be popular. So I think Mayo mentions him every single week. But he is a birdie maker, and one of these weeks i will put it all together. But Sebastian Munoz is only 6300 bucks. Uh, he's made three straight cuts on tour. Missed cut last year in his first time here. But for 6300 bucks, you can do much worse. Uh, if I had to come down here at all, i would pretty much be domin Ted Potter or Rodriguez at 65. If I have to, uh, what do you like down at the 6K? If you have to, Jesse.
0: Uh, yeah, like you said, if you have to, it's a full preface there. Um, Corey Connors at 6900, I think, is okay. Uh, he's finished 37th here last year. Um, form coming in is less than to be desired. Miss Cut, Miss Cut second. Uh, so. You know, if he can figure it out. Stefan Yeager, Stephen Yeager, Stefan, whatever. Uh, 16th missed cut, 14th in his last four, 29th here last year. So I think he's I think he's okay at 6,800. 6, um, Tom La- Lovelady, uh, you know, is 65. He missed the cut here last year, but he finished 25th in his last start at the Sanderson's Farm a couple weeks ago. So he's okay as well. Uh, and then last but not least, Will McKenzie, um, if you don't know who he is, Google him. Uh, and when you Google him, you'll completely forget about why, why you Googled him. Um, but that's okay. Cause, uh, that's okay. Um, and
1: when you, give us he... a rating, when you give us a rating and review, let us know what you found. Yes. Yeah, when I you see. give us a rating and yeah, review. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> I was say as Will McKenzie, I figured it out. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Will McKenzie. I, I'm guessing he was—he's been hurt. That's what my guess is because he's miscut WD, miscut WD. Probably with a broken miscut. heart? Right. It might, he might be. That <laughs> might be what. That might be what the w, all the WDs are about. Um, but there's just one thing I look at, and he kind of stood out on it, uh, from a course history standpoint. And so that's the only reason that I even googled him to figure out who in the hell he was. I've heard that name before, but I just didn't know exactly who he was. So I'm guessing he's coming off injury. He'll be. 0.1% owned, you know, it'll be me and you own, owning them in the $5 GPP. So, um, if you play them, you know, that's, that's a But like I said, Google, Google him and then look at the pictures. So that's mm-hmm. the key it's it images, the, it right? Images. images. Um, you know, he, he, finished, uh, last year he made the cut here. Um, so, uh, miscut the year before that, but he was second in 2014. So, you know, he's probably going to be rusty coming off injury. Just got another guy to keep your eye on though too. It.
1: Um, all right, let's do what we do in, in weeks past. We kind of narrow it down um, by price points. We'll kick it up up top in the 10K and above. If you have to pick just one, Jesse, who are you picking? Uh,
0: I'll go Champ.
1: I'll go Simpson to make it different. In uh, the 9Ks, you can give me two. Uh, Glover and, and Pan. Yeah, Pan and Cook for me, so we're seeing some similarities. Which is good. And the 8Ks, go ahead and give me two here, too.
0: Uh rider, I'll go rider and M. I'll
1: go HV three and rider. So, right, and we all know the M factor as well. In the seven Ks, go ahead and give me four or five that you want to narrow down. <laughs> There's so many but, of them, I can't like pick this one.
0: Yeah, I, I would. Bud, uh, Sink, um, Albertson, uh, and, and Michael Thompson is a is a deep sleep there. Yeah, I got Sink, Thompson, Brian Gay. Albertsons,
1: and I'll throw in Von Taylor. All right, if you had to pick just like one six K guy, you who would it be?
0: uh once, one six K guy, I'll, I'll go with with uh, with Love Lady. Um, he's this the highest up on what I'm modeling here. So, and that's you know it's off of the Safeway. So take that for what it's worth.
1: I'll go. I'll make a different. I'll go, Mister Rodriguez at six thousand five hundred bucks because he might miss the cut, but when he when he's on, he's a birdie machine. So, yeah. uh, and he, he showed that on Friday. I think like four or 500. He turned it on on the back night on Friday. So, that's what he can do. All right. Let's talk busts of the week. Jesse, who do you have busting?
0: I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to go out with Spawn, man.
1: I like it. I hope that's true. The other one, I'll, I'll go with Chesson Hadley.
0: He's going to burn so, us. You know that, don't you? JJ Spawn okay. is going to finish second
1: and he's going to burn us. Yeah. Hadley and Spawn are probably both top five. Um, who do you got looking at as your early look at core
0: this week? Uh, Glover, M, um, and Ryder. I like that.
1: I like that quite a bit. Uh, my core looks would be like uh, CT Pan, HV3, Sync, Gay, that kind of a handful of guys right there. But I like yours as well. All right, picks to win. Give me kind of one of the higher-priced guys and kind of a long-shot guy.
0: Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Glover who gets some inspiration off of, uh, the win last week from all the old people, all the geriatrics pulling it at home and, uh, and he brings, he brings home a, uh, his first win in, I don't know how long. Um, and then down low, let's say M gets it done. Finally.
1: I like that. I hope he does. Um, I'll go CT pan up top and then I'll go, I'm probably gonna regret this, but I'm going to go HV three. I'm gonna go 3 I might regret ballsy. That.
0: I like it though. I like it. Yeah, Man, he, he's due. He is. He's, he's due.
1: He's been literally like half a round away right now. He's really, really close. Well, yeah, been but he just—he's
0: also never won. Like I think he's won one tournament over in Australia or some shit. Yeah, his whole would, career. Yep, the Australian yeah. PGA Championship in 2016.
1: That would definitely make someone do then, uh, if that's if that's the last one. If Kucher can do it, hv 3 can do it. This might be this. This might be the year that guys get back on the saddle, which would be pretty. I wild. hope so.
0: I would like, love it. And then Finau maybe wins once this year. Uh, one day he's
1: winning. I got <laughs> I, <okay. laughs> a major. Well, His first will win do, will be a major. We will do kind of a preview predictions podcast during the down season because I don't think we mentioned it yet. This is the last real tournament outside of the Hero until January, yeah. so we're gonna have a little bit of free time to get some stuff done outside of our. Personal lives, and we'll schedule some random stuff in here and there. I know last year we had Rob Bolton on. Maybe we'll try to find some different people to chit chat with or whatever. But uh, I think we need to do some kind of prediction, bold predictions thing. Because one that I can dig in deep, well, one's going to involve Tony Fiennes, just put it that way.
0: I'm with you. He wins all, all right. four majors? No, I'm not going that bold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know there's another show that did that with Dustin Johnson. I'm not going that bold.
0: Yeah. But well, um, that was actually. Like, not bold, really, on DJ. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> but um, yeah, pick picked the number one player in the world. Yeah, right.
1: That's good. Um, but that wraps up the DraftKings part of the podcast. Any final thoughts on the week? Uh, and, can, and maybe uh, any thoughts on how the fall swing's gone?
0: Uh, I don't really want to talk about how the fall swing's gone. But um, I, I do want to harp on what you mentioned earlier as far as the win. It is important to look at Thursday and Friday win because if a guy's playing – High winds at Seaside, he's going to have trouble. Whereas, you know, it's going to be easier on Plantation Golf Course uh, for Thursday and Friday, like you said. They play Seaside Saturday, Sunday, so it doesn't matter. But so this is a this is a really important week to watch the weather and the wind. Wind Finder or you know W Underground or whatever you know whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, and join us in the, in the SD Slack chat. More and more guys are starting to show up in there. We've got all sports popping off in there. Yeah. And, um, we answer as quickly as we can. Most of the time, one of us is usually always hanging around somewhere in there. Uh, just to add us in it, and we'll, we'll get to it a lot quicker. But um, you can ask us questions on the matchups or the uh, tee times and the, the scheduling. And If we know anything on weather, we'll help you out. There's different ways we can look at it. But it's like I said, it's supposed to be rainy all week, chances even on Thursday. So the ball's going to stick wherever you are. But – Thursday, I saw winds like maybe seven to ten miles an hour at the most. But Friday, they're talking anywhere between fifteen to twenty miles an hour. That'll be a big difference on the seaside course. So, yeah, something to definitely keep in mind there. And you know, maybe the part of Thursday gets rained out and doesn't even matter because it screws up the whole schedule. But uh, stuff we can take a look at. But uh, with that being said, everybody, check out the podcast on Twitter at Always Press DFS. Jesse's at DFS Golf Gods. I am at B D Intric. Again, we'd really appreciate it if you can give us a rating and review on iTunes. It would help us out a ton. And if you have any ideas on uh, stuff coming up, let us know. Otherwise, enjoy this week and hopefully the off season, And we'll have a couple sneak peeks here and there for you. But with that being said, this was the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2018 RSM Classic. Catch you guys later.